Welcome to the Bigger Pockets Podcast. Today we are going to be dropping into your feed with a bonus show. This is the first of two episodes about deals gone wrong. That's right, because David, if you can believe it, even expert investors like ourselves make bad deals. And we want you to learn from our mistakes so that you don't go out and make the same said mistakes. That is right. Our heart wants to help protect you, your money, your future, and your wealth. So we're going to be bringing you some mistakes that other investors made. Today's episode will be Mindy, so you can hopefully avoid doing the same. This is one of the toughest real estate markets that I have ever seen. It is much more unforgivable than it's ever been in the past, and the wrong deal can sink you. That's right. And on today's show, we're going to actually be talking to Mindy Jensen about a deal that almost sank her, quite literally and figuratively, actually. So without further ado, let's bring in Mindy. Welcome back. How are you two today? I am doing great. Thank you for having me back, David. I am so excited to be uh, Bigger Pockets' biggest loser. Uh, what did we talk about last time? My deal that was negative cash flow, and now I'm talking about my deal that went wrong? Yeah, that's one of our running jokes. Every time we do a, a show where we're like, all right, let's talk about everything that went terrible, the dumpster fires of real estate. We're like, Mindy and James, that's our people. These are bigger pockets, biggest losers. It's the only time that you can brag about losing. It's like, all right, who here lost the most? And it's like, oh, I've got a good one. All right, Mindy, how much did you lose on this deal? How much did it cost you? Well... My deal took place in 2006 was when I made my original ARV. So I lost approximately $350,000 on paper and so many hours of sleep and so much stress and so much anxiety over this deal that just took forever. And now when you said ARV, do you think you could just briefly explain to people what you mean by that? ARV stands for after rehab value or after repair value. So this was the projected amount that I thought this property was going to be worth after we had finished all the rehab we were doing. Got it. Okay. Okay, great. So a $350,000 paper loss. Not bad. Pretty good. David and I are going to run you through some rapid fire questions to get all the details on the deal. And then we'll pick apart where things went wrong. Mindy, let's start with you. Whew, I'm getting a little bit of heart palpitations here. This is the deal that almost broke me for real estate. I have loved real estate since as long as I can remember. And this deal, I was like, I am out. Uh, this was our fifth live-in flip and our first pop top. It is, was our first time hiring contractors. Uh, foreshadowing there. All right, so we're going to jump into this deal. Before I do, you mentioned this as a pop top. And just so that I'm clear on this, pop top is basically the concept of, quote unquote, chopping off the top of a property, like the roof, so that you can add another floor, right? Yes. Okay, cool, 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 cool. All right, so when did this deal happen and how experienced were you? Uh, this was our fifth live and flip and our first pop top. And we purchased it in September of 2006. And just to recap here, this is a property you said you had a $350,000 paper loss, right? Correct. And I say paper loss because my projected ARV was $1.1 million in 2006 when we bought it. But my actual sales price in 2012 was $750,000. So by projected paper loss, you mean... Money you lost off of what you thought you would profit. Yes. I didn't actually lose $350,000. I was just hoping to have made $350,000 more than I actually made. Okay. And what kind of property was this? This was a single family home located on the beautiful shores of Lake Monona in Monona, Wisconsin. And how did you find this property? We had been looking for a deal on 
Lake Monona specifically. And we would just drive around. It's not that big of a lake. We would just drive around. And anytime there was a house for sale, we would stop in and see it or, you know, make an appointment with our real estate agent. This particular property was up for auction and we attended the auction. It went for $700,000 and we were like, gosh, that stinks. So we left. And then like five minutes later, they were calling everybody, hey, the people who won the auction actually don't have the funds to buy the mon- the house. So it's back on the market. This is what happens to those children in grade school that raise their hands and then the teacher calls on them and they're like, actually, I don't have anything to say. They grow up to go to auctions and hold up a stick and then they don't have the funds to actually close. I always wondered how those kids turned out. And now I know where they went. They went to Monona, Wisconsin in 2006. All of them. So on this deal, how much did you end up paying for it, Mindy? We ended up paying $535,000 for this house. Okay. And so what was the plan for this property? Was it meant to be a flip, rental, burr? Uh, what was the ultimate exit strategy here? It was going to be a live-in flip. And we had a two to five-year timeline for the flip. Two years because at the minimum, because that's what you have to live in for the Section 121 exclusion where we don't pay any capital gains taxes. And five years because we wanted to be able to enjoy living on a lake. Listen, it's not coffee or donuts. It's not campfires or s'mores, not peanut butter or jelly. Great things happen when two good things come together. So why choose between cash flow or appreciation? Rent to Retirement's new construction homes give you both. Rent to Retirement offers newly built homes that attract the best tenants with fewer repairs and outstanding rental markets. That means more monthly cash flow for you and plenty of equity growth in the background. Plus, their creative financing options let you buy investment properties with just 5% down, not 20%, not 10%, 5% down. Rent to Retirement offers turnkey new construction homes already built, leased, and managed for you. Their investing experts find the best markets that consistently offer double-digit returns and prices as low as $150,000. And they've got more five-star reviews than any company on bigger pockets. You invest, Rent to Retirement does the rest. To learn more, visit renttoretirement.com. That's renttoretirement.com. Or text REI to 33777. Again, text REI to 33777. Here's a little insider-only knowledge from my days on the force. Most break-ins actually happen in broad daylight. And if you're enjoying more time out and about, your home could be in danger. So what you're saying, David, is that we should block out the sun to reduce break-ins. I like it. Oh, you've been watching too much Interstellar again, Rob. (laughs) You can just use Simply Safe to protect your home 24-7. They were even named Best Home Security Systems of 2024 by U.S. News and World Report. Simply Safe's advanced sensors and cameras protect every room, window, and door in my home, keeping the little Abisolo safe no matter where I am. Plus, you know we're frugal, guys. That's why we love Simply Safe's super affordable 24-7 professional monitoring that costs less than a dollar a day. Now, I don't worry when I'm away. You can even test out Simply Safe risk-free with their 60-day trial. Protect your home today. Bigger Pockets listeners get a special 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for fast protect monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com slash pockets. Don't wait. That's simplysafe.com slash pockets. Passive income without the property headache? It's possible. 
There's a way to invest passively in real estate and get monthly income without any tenants, maintenance, or property management. The wealthy have been doing this for years, and if you're an accredited or high net worth investor, you too can collect cash flow without the headaches that come from owning rentals. How? By investing in a private real estate fund with PPR Capital Management. PPR's co-founder, Dave Van Horn, wrote the book on real estate note investing for BP. But he's not just investing in notes. Dave and his team also have an extensive background in commercial real estate. And with PPR Capital Management, they're strategically investing in both notes and commercial real estate nationwide. With over half a billion dollars in assets under management, PPR has provided individuals with a steady source of truly passive income since 2007 without ever missing a payment. Check them out at investwithppr.com. Again, if you're looking to get monthly passive income from an experienced team with a strong track record, go to investwithppr.com today. How far into this deal did you get before things started to go wrong? Oh, like five minutes. Um, this was a this was almost a cursed. You left the closing table. <laughs> so we bought this house. My daughter was my first daughter was born in February of 2007, and we bought this house in um September of 2006. We weren't living there full time until uh, March after my baby was born. And we started work in March. And in April, we had what is called a 500 year flood. Um, the state of the house in April was that we had removed the brand new roof that they installed right before they put it on the market and added the second story. We had the outside walls, but no siding. We had the roof trusses and the plywood, but that's not waterproof. And we had, um, for some reason, we had ripped out the driveway. So there was just mud. Then came the wind one night, there was uh, tarps on the roof. The tarps got shredded. Then it started raining. We had uh, a 500-year flood is is a kind of flood that only happens once every 500 years. It's, an, it's a weather event. We had water in the basement. I think it was like six inches of water in the basement. It was raining all throughout the house because we didn't have any sort of waterproofing up there. Um, I had an infant. I had her in the middle of the bed in one room, which was the only place that wasn't raining. It was raining in the the light fixtures. It was raining down the sides of the walls. And it was just like we were watching this storm come through on weatherunderground.com. And it was like purple. You know, yellow is like light mist and red is like, wow, it's really pouring outside. And purple is like, it's a hurricane and a tornado all mixed up and they're raining frogs. And it was just like the most stress inducing. And we couldn't do anything except like all night long, just watch this storm come in and try to keep our baby dry. And so just to clarify, a 500 year uh flood property doesn't mean that it only floods once every 500. It, it can flood many times in that 500 years. It's just the really catastrophic floods are once every 500 years, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So now you could sell it though and say, hey, you got 480 years before you have to worry about this. <laughs> Shouldn't that make the value of the house go up? You have five centuries. We've already done all the heavy lifting for you. The worst is out of the way. Now you're good. That might not be the exact definition. It's like a leasehold deal. But you have 500 years before the lease is up versus when you bought it, it was like you had, you know, a month or something before the rain started. But wait, there's more. Over that winter, Wisconsin got a record 101 inches of snow, which is not normal for Wisconsin 
at that time. And that snow all melted during a rainstorm in June. And I don't know if you remember, I said we had flooding in the basement. We had more flooding in the basement because everything just melted and it didn't have any place to go. So we cleaned up the basement and then we had more stuff and we cleaned up the basement again. We had just put all the flooring in the basement. So that's good timing. It was uh, Pergo, which is not waterproof. So that was ruined. Had to do that again. Right. You're already going to pay a lot in in the repairs. So you may as well save money on the people doing the repairs. Exactly. It was going to be $100,000, but somebody else quoted us $150,000. That's a $50,000 savings right there. I'm saving money. I'm. It's such a deal. Okay. So these contractors, one of them showed up to work drunk and then subsequently got fired. Oh, did I say that he was the foreman? Because he was. He was. I think he was the only one who knew anything about construction. Um, but he didn't know anything about don't do construction when you're drunk. Uh, they stole from us. I just had a baby. They stole my pain meds from my delivery, which I didn't discover right away. You really scared us all right there, Mindy. We thought you were going <laughs> to say they stole my baby. You did word that a very specific way that I was like, wait a minute. This was heading down that Rumpelstiltskin path right there. They stole from us. I had just had a baby. Pause. We had scope <laughs> creep. We had cost creep. We had timeline creep. Um, it was supposed to be all done in three months. It was not done until six months later. Sometimes they wouldn't even show up to work. Sometimes they would. They'd show up. They'd work for an hour and then they'd leave. It was just this like constant stressor. When are you going to be here? When am I going to see you? When are you going to get anything done? So it sounds like from a from the standpoint of what you learn that listeners can apply, first one is the cheapest contractor isn't always the best contractor. Lesson number one. And then it sounds like, was there like some accountability learnings that you had there with sort of how to keep your, your contractors on track, on budget, on scope, all that stuff? Yes. I need to do my due diligence whenever I hire a contractor. I need to call for references. I need to ask those references what the contractors did for them. The references that I checked for these guys all said that they were great guys, but I, I didn't get a lot of like I got warm fuzzies, but I didn't get, oh, they do great work and they're always on time and, you know, that kind of thing. Were the references like local bartenders? <laughs> great guy. Tips well. Tips well. Yeah, he's awesome. That guy could smash a Coors, man. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you what. Knows the difference between a Manhattan and an old fashioned. It was such a bad experience with contractors that we do most of the work ourselves on our live-in flips. I know how to do electrical work and plumbing work and painting. And I don't, I have a very small list of things that I don't do because it's easier to learn a new skill than to properly vet a contractor for me. So um, yeah, that was a big lesson learned. What you described was like real estate math, right? I need to save 50 grand. So instead of hiring a good contractor, I'll hire a bad one and convince myself that I've saved 50 grand, but then it spirals into a problem, right? I was using it as an example that we've all made that mistake. We're like, I'm over budget. Let me skimp on the realtor. Let me hire a discount realtor because I can't pay a full 3% or let me use the bad contractor or let me put in the cheap flooring and then the flooring bubbles up. It always ends up being more expensive than what it sounded like. Yes. Now, what I was going to say was, you know, run the bottom line is run your numbers and run them again and make sure that they're right. 
cut costs where you can, but not on the important things. Like when you're deciding on which tile to put in your house and it's like two of the same thing and one of them's $12 a, a square foot and one of them is $3 a square foot. If it's just like, oh, uh, go with the $3 a square foot. If it's the same, like one's porcelain and one's ceramic, like I hate porcelain tile. I always want to go with ceramic or like stone, but you know, don't, don't cut costs on your contractors. Don't cut costs on on the important things and don't, oh my God, don't skimp out on, on stupid stuff, but don't like, don't look for ways to spend more money than you have to, if you don't have to. Can you tell us what did you do right that helped you get out of this or made it so that the deal didn't completely sink you? Because uh, most people would hear this story and be like, oh yeah, it must've been over <laughs> for your real estate career. So what, what happened? Give us a little bit of insight there. Uh, what did I do right? I controlled a lot of the costs when it came time to do the finishing touches, my husband and I did the, we installed the flooring, we installed the bathrooms, we installed, like we hired out to the drywall and then we did the rest of it. Um, and we were able to kind of, uh, tweak the costs there because we had such a horrible experience with all these other people. Um, we, Finished up with the, the contractors. I had, I was having a casual conversation with my dad who happened to be building a, a plant for his company at the time. And he threw in this comment. Oh, make sure you get signed lien waivers from all the subcontractors before you give them their final payment. And I was like, Oh, I've never heard of this before. Tell me more about this. And he explained to me that a lien waiver is a document that the contractor signs that says, I will not place a lien on your house because I've been paid in full. And this saved me $11,000 because the drywaller did not get paid uh, because those contractors were skeezy losers. And uh, But I gave them the final check because they gave me the lien waivers from all the subcontractors. So subcontractors out there, don't sign a lien waiver until you get paid. And don't, if you're making payments to your contractors, don't pay them the final amount until you have signed lien waivers from all your contractors. That's a that's a good tip right there. So has this deal, bad experience helped you on any deals since? Oh my God, yes. I don't hire contractors anymore. We just do it all ourselves. Um we have, we actually have hired a few contractors and we have thoroughly vetted them and for the most part had good experiences. There's no perfect way to vet somebody. They start off great and then they turn into terribleness. One great tip is to look at what they're doing. We found our best contractor by, we were just walking around the neighborhood and we happened to see this house that was being worked on. We stopped by and they were there working. They're like, oh, you want to come in and see what we're doing? And they happened to have, it wasn't drywall day yet. So all of the, uh, all of the, the beams were open and we were looking around. We're like, wow, this is really cool. And then he showed us how he does stairs. He's got this really fabulous way to do stairs. You walk up the stairs, they don't squeak. Um, it's just everything he was doing was like, whoo, can we hire you? He said, we've got a couple more weeks here and then we can come over. So, um, being able to tour what they're doing currently is a really great tip. If I had a dollar for every time that I've entered someone's house that they didn't know who I was, like, because the contractor let me in, I'd have a pretty decent stack of $1 bills from when I knock on the door and I'm like, Hey, who's the drywaller here? And he's like, come in, let me show you. And I'm like, 
you can't do this, but let's do it. Um, well, that's awesome. So sounds like, uh, yeah, a couple learning lessons here. Obviously, vet your contractor, do some due diligence, keep them accountable, don't pay for the cheapest contractor. And your biggest learning lesson here is no one's going to do the work better than you. So now you do a lot of your own work still. Um, and you've used that to, to prosper, even through such a big, tragic deal. The deal that almost broke Mindy Jensen. The deal that almost broke Mindy Jensen. But it did not break me because I had so much in reserves. I have a lot of different buckets to choose from. And I am a huge proponent of having reserves. If you don't have reserves, if you don't have other places to fund these unexpected, outsized costs or, you know, to fire this guy and hire this guy, even though it's going to cost more. If you don't have all these different buckets to choose from, you are going to get hosed. You need to have reserves. You need to have way more than you think you do. And if you don't, then you need to look into what are you doing? Partner with somebody who has reserves, who has funds available so that you don't find yourself in a pinch. Because if I ran out of money, I would have had a house with no roof that's turning into a mold festival. And that's just not good for anybody. And that is one of the reasons that we frequently tell people that real estate investing and building wealth is more than just the deal. It's your overall financial picture and having sound principles like saving your money and good uh, work ethic that will help you to make more money will both assist you greatly when it comes to putting the deals together. And a big thanks to Mindy for dragging up the details of her deal so that we could all learn from it. Tune in tomorrow for more of the same as James takes his turn in the hot seat. And as always, if you'd like to connect with Rob, I, or any of our guests, check out the show notes for this episode. This is David Green for Rob. He's a bad man, Abasolo, signing off. Braving the real estate investing journey on your own can be daunting. Doubts tend to creep up and stifle your ambition. Is this actually a good deal? Did you run the numbers right? What if you can't find a tenant? Can you even afford this place? What if you lose your job? Whatever you're going through, we've all been there. And guess what? The best way to overcome your doubts and hesitations is with a healthy dose of knowledge, networking, and accountability. And that's just what you'll find in our newly released 2024 Summer Boot Camps. After these eight action-packed weeks of step-by-step -step guidance from expert investors, weekly video modules, live Q&As, interactive assignments, and new friends to keep you accountable, you'll be ready to tackle your first or next deal with full confidence and expertise. Choose from the small multifamily, short-term rental, or rookie boot camps and register by April 12th for the lowest prices. Head on over to biggerpockets.com slash enrollme today. That's biggerpockets.com slash enrollme. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Past performance is not indicative of future results, and all hosts and participant opinions are their own. Investment in any asset, real estate included, involves risk. Use your best judgment and consult with qualified advisors before investing. Only risk capital you can afford to lose. BiggerPockets LLC disclaims all liability for direct, indirect, consequential, or other damages arising from reliance upon information presented in this podcast.